The Faraway Princess by Herman Suderman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters The Princess von Geldern, read by Sandra Schmidt. Baroness von Bruck, her maid of honor, read by Sonja. Monica M.C. reading Frau von Haldorf. Lady, her daughter. Read by Maria Fatima de Silva. Millie, her daughter. Read by Maria Joy. Fritz Strubel, a student. Read by Thomas Peter. Frau Lindemann. Read by T.J. Burns. Rosa, a waitress. Read by phone. Narration read by Todd. The Faraway Princess. The present day. The scene is laid at an inn situated above a watering place in central Germany. The veranda of an inn. The right side of the stage and half of the background represent a framework of glass enclosing the veranda. The left side and the other half of the background represent the stone walls of the house. To the left, in the foreground, a door another door in the background at the left on the left back a buffet and serving table neat little tables and small iron chairs for visitors are placed about the veranda on the right in the center a large telescope standing on a tripod is directed through an open window rosa dressed in the costume of the country is arranging flowers on the small tables frau lindemann a handsome stoutish woman in the thirties hurries in excitedly from the left there now she can come curtains bedding everything fresh and clean as new no this honour this unexpected honour barons and counts have been here often enough even the russian princes sometimes come up here from the springs i don't bother my head about them they're just like that but a princess a real princess perhaps it isn't a real princess after all what what do you mean by that i was only thinking that a real princess wouldn't be coming to an inn like this real princesses won't lie on anything but silks and velvets you just wait and see it's a trick are you going to pretend that the letter isn't genuine that the letter is a forgery maybe one of the regular customers is playing a joke that student, Herr Strubel, he's always joking. <laughs> when Herr Strubel makes a joke, he makes a decent joke. A real, genuine joke. Oh, of course, one has to pretend to be angry sometimes. But as for writing a forged letter, my land. A letter with a gold crown on it. There. She takes a letter from her waist and reads. This afternoon, Her Highness the princess from geldern will stop at the fairview inn to rest an hour or so before making the descent to the springs you are requested to have ready a quiet and comfortable room to guard her highness from any annoying advances and above all to maintain the strictest secrecy regarding this event as otherwise the royal visit will not be repeated baroness von bruck maid of honour to her highness now what have you got to say herr strubel lent me a book once and maid of honour came into that too i'm sure it's a trick frau lindemann looking out toward the back 
Dear, dear, isn't that Herr Strubel now coming up the hill? Today of all days. What on earth does he always want up here? He is in such favor at the inn, he won't be leaving here all day. That won't do at all. He's got to be sent off. If only I knew how I could. Oh ho! I'll be disagreeable to him. That's the only way to manage it. Struble enters. He is a handsome young fellow, without much polish, but cheerful, unaffected, entirely at his ease, and invariably good-natured. Good day, everybody. Charming day. Struble, surprised at her coolness. I say, what's up? Who's been rubbing you the wrong way? May I have a glass of beer, anyway? Glass of beer, if you please. Several glasses of beer, if you please. Sit down. Pestiferously hot this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Landlady Linda, dear, why so quiet today? In the first place, Herr Strubel, I would have you know that my name is Frau Lindemann. Just so. And secondly, if you don't stop your familiarity... Struble, singing, as Rosa brings him a glass of beer. Beer, beer. Heavens and earth, how hot it is drinks if you find it so hot why don't you stay quietly down there at the springs ah my soul thirsts for the heights my soul thirsts for the heights every afternoon just as soon as ever my sallow-faced pupil has thrown himself down on the couch to give his red corpuscles a chance to grow i gaily grasp my alpine staff and mount to my beloved bah oh you're thinking that you are my beloved no dearest my beloved stays down there but to get nearer to her i have to come up here up to your telescope with the aid of your telescope i can look right into her window see oh that's why perhaps you think i'm interested in all that besides i've no more time for you moreover i'm going to have this place cleaned right away Goodbye, Herr Strubel. Goes out. I certainly caught that time. See here, Rosa, what's got into her head? Rosa, mysteriously. <clears throat> there are crowned heads and other heads, and <clears throat> there are letters with crowns and letters without crowns. Letters? Are you... There are maids of honor and other maids. <laughs> Permit me. Tapping her forehead lightly with his finger... Oh, ooh! What's the matter? Why, your head's on fire. Blow, blow, and while you are getting some salve for my burns, I'll just... Goes to the telescope. Enter Frau von Haldorf, Liddy, and Milly. Frau von Haldorf is an aristocratic woman, somewhat supercilious and affected. Here's the telescope, mother. Now you can see for yourself. What a pity that it's in use just now. Struble, stepping back. Oh, I beg of you, ladies. I have plenty of time. I can wait. Uh, thanks so much. She goes up to the telescope while Struble returns to his former place. Waitress, bring us three glasses of milk. Liddy, as Millie languidly drops into a chair. Beyond to the right is the road, mother. Oh, I have found the road, but I see no carriage, neither a royal carriage nor any other sort. Let me look. Please do. 
it has disappeared now are you quite sure that it was a royal carriage oh one has an instinct for that sort of thing mother it comes to one in the cradle frau von haldorf as milly yawns and sighs aloud are you sleepy dear no only tired i'm always tired well that's just why we are at the springs do as the princess does take the borders religiously the princess oughtn't to be climbing up such a steeple either on a hot day like this well you know why we are taking all this trouble if by good luck we should happen to meet the princess liddy who has been looking through the telescope oh there it is again where where takes liddy's place it's just coming around the turn at the top oh now i see it why there's no one inside well then she's coming up on foot frau von haldorf to milly see the princess is coming up on foot too and she's just as anemic as you are if i were going to marry a grand duke and if i could have my own carriage driven along beside me i wouldn't complain of having to walk either i can't see a thing now you have to turn the screw mother i have been turning it right along but the telescope won't move let me try struble who has been throwing little wads of paper at rosa during the preceding conversation what are they up to it seems to me that you've turned the screw too far mother well what shall we do about it struble rising permit me to come to your aid ladies i've had some experience with these old screws very kind indeed struble busies himself with the instrument listen mother if the carriage has almost reached the top the princess can't be far off wouldn't it be best then to watch for them on the road certainly if you think that would be best dear liddy this is not only an old screw but it's a regular perverted old screw uh, really aside to her daughters and if she should actually speak to us at this accidental meeting and if we could present ourselves as the subjects of a noble fiancée and tell her that we live at her future home just imagine what an advantage that would give us over the other women of the court there ladies we have now rescued the useful instrument to which the far-sightedness of mankind is indebted thanks so much pardon me sir but have you heard anything about the report that the princess is going to make the journey up here to-day the princess the princess of the springs the princess of the lonely villa the princess who is expected at the iron spring every morning but who has never been seen by living soul why i am enormously interested you wouldn't believe how much interested i am liddy who has looked out back there 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 it is the carriage it's reached the top already it is stopping over there at the edge of the woods she will surely enter it there then come quickly my dear children so that it will look quite accidental here's your money 
she throws a coin to rosa and unwraps a small package done up in tissue paper which she has brought with her here's a bouquet for you and here's one for you you have to present these to the princess so that it will look quite accidental oh yes all three go out good heavens could i i don't believe it surely she sits well i'll make sure right away goes up to the telescope and stops oh, i'll go along with them anyhow exit after them frau lindemann entering have they gone all of them all of them frau lindemann looking toward the right there there two ladies and a lackey are coming up the footpath mercy me how my heart is beating if i had only had the sofa recovered last spring what am i going to say to them rosa don't you know a poem by heart which you could speak to the princess rosa shrugs her shoulders they're coming through the court now stop putting your arms under your apron that way you stupid thing oh dear oh dear the door opens a lackey in plain black livery enters and remains standing at the door he precedes the princess and frau von bruck the princess is a pale sickly unassuming young girl wearing a very simple walking costume and a medium-sized leghorn hat trimmed with roses frau von bruck is a handsome stately stern-looking woman in the thirties she is well dressed but in accordance with the simple tastes of the north german nobility who is the proprietor of this place at your command your highness i am the maid of honour where is the room that has been ordered frau lindemann opens the door left here at the head of the stairs my lady would your highness care to remain here for a few moments very much dear frau von bruck edward order what is needed for her highness and see that a room next to her highness is prepared for me i may assume that these are your highness's wishes why certainly dear frau von bruck the lackey who is carrying shawls and pillows goes out with rosa left mais puisque je te dis eugenie que je n'ai pas sommeil m'envoyer coucher comme une enfant c'est abominable mais je t'implore chérie sois sage tu sais que c'est le médecin qui ah ton médecin toujours cette corvée et si je te dis chut my dear woman wouldn't it be best for you to superintend the preparations i am entirely at your service about to go out left one thing more this veranda leading from the house to the grounds would it be possible to close it to the public oh certainly the guests as often as not sit out under the trees very well then do so please frau lindemann locks the door we may be assured that no one will enter this place if it is desired none of us belonging to the house will come in here either we should like that very well exit really you must be more careful darling if that woman had understood french you must be careful what would have been so dreadful about it oh my dear child this mood of yours which is due to nothing but your illness that reminds me you haven't taken your peptonized milk yet this is a secret which we must keep from every one above all from your fiance if the grand duke should discover the princess shrugging her shoulders 
well what of it a bride's duty is to be a happy bride otherwise otherwise she will be a lonely and an unloved woman the princess with a little smile of resignation <sighs> what is it dear the princess shakes her head and then think of the strain of those formal presentations awaiting you in the autumn you must grow strong remember that you must be equal to the most exacting demands of life of life whose life what do you mean by that oh what good does it do to talk about it yes you are right in my soul too there are unhappy and unholy thoughts that i would rather not utter from my own experience i know that it is best to keep strictly within the narrow path of duty and to go to sleep ah it isn't only that look out there see the woods ah to lie down on the moss to cover oneself with leaves to watch the clouds pass by high above frau von bruck softening we can do that too sometime <laughs> sometime the lackey appears at the door is everything ready the lackey bows the princess aside to frau von bruck but i simply cannot sleep try to for my sake aloud does your highness command the princess smiling and sighing yes i command they go out left the stage remains empty for several moments then struble is heard trying the latch of the back door hello what's up why is this locked all of a sudden rosa open up i've got to look through the telescope rosa won't you oh well i know how to help myself he is seen walking outside of the glass-covered veranda. Then he puts his head through the open window at the right. Not a soul inside? Climbs over. Well, here we are. What on earth has happened to these people? Unlocks the back door and looks out. Everything deserted. Well, it's all the same to me. Locks the door again. But let's find out right away what the carriage has to do with the case. Prepares to look through the telescope. The princess enters cautiously through the door at the left, her hat in her hand. Without noticing Struble, who is standing motionless before the telescope, she goes hurriedly to the door at the back and unlocks it. Struble, startled at the sound of the key, turns around. Why, how do you do? The princess, not venturing to move, glances back at the door through which she has entered. Wouldn't you like to look through the telescope a while? Please do. The princess undecided as to whether or not she should answer him takes a few steps back toward the door at the left why are you going away i won't do anything to you the princess reassured oh i'm not going away that's right but where have you come from the door was locked surely you didn't climb through the window as i did what you came through the window of course i did the princess, frightened anew. But then I had rather... About to go back. Oh, my dear young lady, you just stay right here. Why, before I drive you away, I'd pitch myself headlong over a precipice. The princess, smiling, reassured. <laughs> I only wanted to go out into the woods for half an hour. 
oh then you are a regular guest here at the inn oh yes yes of course and of course you drink the waters down below oh yes i drink the waters and i'm taking the baths too two hundred meters up and down every time isn't that very hard on you heavens and you look so pale see here my dear young lady don't you do it it would be better for you to go down there that is uh, oh forgive me i've been talking without thinking of course you have your own reasons it's decidedly cheaper up here i know how to value a thing of that sort i've never had any money in all my life the princess trying to seem practical but when one comes to a watering place one must have money struble slapping himself on the chest do i look to you as if i drank iron thank heaven i can't afford such luxuries no i'm only a poor fellow who earns his miserable pittance during vacation by acting as a private tutor that's to say miserable is only a figure of speech for in the morning i lie abed until nine at noon i eat five and at night seven courses and as for work i really haven't a thing to do my pupil is so anemic <laughs> compared to him you're fit for a circus rider <laughs> oh well i'm rather glad i'm not one dear me it's a business like any other like any other really i didn't think that and pray what did you think then oh i thought they were an entirely different sort of people my dear young lady all people are entirely different sort of course we too aren't we get along real well together don't we as poor as church mice both of us the princess smiling reflectively hmm. who knows perhaps that's true do you know what if you want to stay down there i'll tell you how one can live cheaply i have a friend a student like myself he's here to mend up as you are i feed him up at the house where i'm staying frightened at a peculiar look of the princesses oh but you mustn't be no i shouldn't have said it it wasn't decent of me only let me tell you i'm so glad to be able to help the poor fellow out of my unexpected earnings that i'd like to be shouting it from the housetops all the time of course you understand that don't you you like to help people then surely don't you Mm, no there's always so much talk about it and the whole thing immediately appears in the newspapers but if you help someone that appears the princess quietly correcting herself i only mean if one takes part in entertainments for charity oh yes naturally and those things they always get some woman of rank to act as patroness if they can and she sees to it you may be sure that the newspapers make a fuss over it oh, not every just try to teach me something i don't know about these titled women besides my dear young lady where is your home in one of the large cities or oh no in quite a small town really more like the country then i'm going to show you something that you probably never saw before in all your life oh do what is it a princess <laughs> not a make-believe but a real true blue princess oh really yes our princess of the springs and who may that be why princess marie louise of Galdon? of course do you know her why certainly really i thought that she lived in great retirement well that doesn't do her any good 
not a bit of it and because you are such a jolly good fellow i'm going to tell you my secret i'm in love with this princess oh you can't imagine what a comfort it is the fact is every young poet has got to have a princess to love are you a poet can't you tell that by looking at me i never saw a poet before never saw a poet never saw a princess why you're learning a heap of things today the princess assenting mm -hmm. and have you written poems to her why that goes without saying quantities of them oh please recite some little thing won't you no not yet everything at the proper time ah yes first i should like to see the princess no first i am going to tell you the whole story oh yes yes please do sit down well then i'd hardly heard that she was here before i was dead in love with her it was just as quick as a shot i tell you just as if i had waited all my life long to fall in love with her besides i also heard about her beauty and her sorrow you see she had an early love affair what are they saying that yes it was a young officer who went to africa because of her and died there and they know that too what don't they know but that's a mere detail it doesn't concern me even the fact that in six months she will become the bride of a grand duke even that can make no difference to me for the present she is my princess but you're not listening to me oh yes i am do you know what that means my princess i'll not give up my princess not for anything in all the world but if you don't even know her i don't know her why i know her as well as i know myself have you ever met her then i don't know of anyone who has ever met her and there's not a soul that can tell what she looks like it is said that there were pictures of her in the shop windows when she first came but they were removed immediately in the morning a great many people are always lurking around the springs trying to catch a glimpse of her i myself have gotten up at six o'clock a couple of times on the same errand and if you knew me better you'd realize what i meant but not a sign of her either she has the stuff brought to her house or she has the power of making herself invisible the princess turns aside to conceal a smile after that i used to hang around her garden every day for hours at a time until one day the policeman whom the managers of the springs have stationed at the gates came up to me and asked me what on earth i was doing there well that was the end of those methods of approach suddenly however a happy thought struck me now i can see her and have her near to me as often as i wish why that's very interesting how yes that's just the point hmm. should i risk it should i take you into my confidence you promised me some time ago that you would show her to me wait a second looks through the telescope there she is please look for yourself but i am she too looks through the telescope actually there is the garden as plain as if one were in it and at the corner window on the left with the embroidery frame that's she are you absolutely certain that that is the princess why who else could it be well, round about the princess like that there's such a lot of people 
for instance there is her waiting woman there's a seamstress and her assistants and then there's but my dear young lady if you only understood anything about these matters you would have been certain at the very first glance that it was she and no one else observe the nobility in every motion the queenly grace with which she bends over the embroidery frame how do you know that it's an embroidery frame why what should a princess be bending over if not an embroidery frame do you expect her to be darning stockings it wouldn't hurt her at all now that's just one of those petty bourgeois notions which we ought to suppress it's not enough that we have to stick in this misery but we'd like to drag her down too that being far above all earthly care oh dear me what are you sighing about so terribly tell me wouldn't you like to have a closer acquaintance with your princess some time closer why should i isn't she close enough to me my faraway princess for that's what i call her when i talk to myself about her and to have her still closer why so that you could talk to her and know what she really was like struble terrified T talk to her heaven forbid good goodness gracious no just see here how am i to face a princess i'm an ordinary fellow the son of poor folks i haven't polished manners i haven't even a decent tailor a lady like that why she'd measure me from top to toe in one glance i've had my lessons in the fine houses where i've applied as tutor a glance from boots to cravat and you're dismissed and you think that i correcting herself that this girl is as superficial as that this girl dear me how that sounds but how should i ever succeed in showing her my real self and even if i should what would she care oh yes if she were like you so nice and simple and with such a kind-hearted roguish little twinkle in her eye roguish i why so because you are laughing at me in your sleeve and really i deserve nothing better but your princess deserves something better than your opinion of her how do you know that you really ought to try to become acquainted with her some time no 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 and again no as long as she remains my faraway princess she is everything that i want her to be modest gracious loving she smiles upon me dreamily yes she even listens when i recite my poems to her that can be said of many people and as soon as i have finished she sighs takes a rose from her breast and casts it down to the poet i wrote a few verses yesterday about that rose that flower which represents the pinnacle of my desires as it were oh yes oh please please well then uh, here goes <clears throat> twenty roses nestling close what are there twenty now struble severely my princess would not have interrupted me oh please forgive me i shall begin again twenty roses nestling close gleam upon thy breast twenty years of rose-red love upon thy fair cheeks rest twenty years would i gladly give out of life's brief reign could i but ask a rose of thee and ask it not in vain twenty roses thou dost not need why pearls and rubies are thine 
with nineteen thou'dst be just as fair, and one would then be mine. And twenty years of rose-wreathed joy would spring to life for me, yet twenty years could ne'er suffice to worship it in thee. Oh, how nice that is! I've never had any verses written to me. <sighs> My dear young lady, ordinary folks like us have to do their own verse-making. And all for one rose? dear me how soon it fades and then what is left you no my dear friend a rose like that never fades even as my love for the gracious giver can never die but you haven't even got it yet that makes no difference in the end i am entirely independent of such externals when some day i shall be explaining ovid to the beginners or perhaps even reading horace with the more advanced classes no it's better for the present not to think of reaching any such dizzy heights of greatness. Well, then I shall always be saying to myself with a smile of satisfaction, You, too, were one of those confounded artist fellows. Why, you once went so far as to love a princess. And that will make you happy? Enormously. For what makes us happy, after all? A bit of happiness. Great heavens, no. Happiness wears out like an old glove. Well, then, what does? Ah, how should I know? Any kind of a dream, a fancy, a wish unfulfilled, a sorrow that we coddle, some nothing which suddenly becomes everything to us. I shall always say to my pupils, Young men, if you want to be happy as long as you live, create gods for yourselves in your own image. These gods will take care of your happiness. And what would the god be like? that you would create would be is my dear young lady is a man of the world a gentleman well-bred smiling enjoying life who looks out upon mankind from under bushy eyebrows who knows nietzsche and stendhal by heart and pointing to his shoes who isn't down at the heels a god in short worthy of my princess I know perfectly well that all my life long I shall never do anything but crawl around on the ground like an industrious ant. But I know, too, that the god of my fancy will always take me by the collar when the proper moment comes and pull me up again into the clouds. Yes, up there I'm safe. And your god, or rather your goddess, what would she look like? The princess, thoughtfully, that is not easy to say my goddess would be a quiet peaceful woman who would treasure a secret little joy like the apple of her eye who would know nothing of the world except what she wanted to know and who would have the strength to make her own choice when it pleased her but that doesn't seem to me a particularly lofty aspiration my dear young lady lofty as the heavens my friend my princess would be of a different opinion. Do you think so? For that's merely the ideal of every little country girl. Not her ideal. Her daily life, which she counts as not. It is my ideal, because I can never attain it. Oh, I say, my dear young girl, it can't be as bad as that. A young girl like you, so charming and... I don't want to be forward, but if I could only help you a bit... Have you got to be helping all the time? Before it was only a cheap lunch, now it's actually... 
yes yes i'm an awful donkey i know but the princess smiling don't say any more about it dear friend i like you that way struble feeling oppressed by her superiority really you are an awfully strange person there's something about you that that well i can't exactly define it tell me weren't you wanting to go into the woods before it's so so oppressive in here oppressive i don't find it so at all quite the contrary no no i'm restless i don't know what at all events may i not escort you one can chat more freely one can express himself more openly if one takes a deep breath the princess smiling and you are leaving your far-away princess with such a light heart oh she <laughs> she won't run away she'll be sitting there to-morrow again and the day after too and so that is your great undying love yes but when a girl like you comes across one's path frau von Haldorf, hurrying in and then drawing back in feigned astonishment oh lydia and milly similarly oh well ladies didn't i tell you that you wouldn't find her princesses don't grow along the roadside like weeds frau von Haldorf, disregarding him ceremoniously the infinite happiness with which this glorious event fills our hearts must excuse in some measure the extraordinary breach of good manners which we are committing in daring to address your highness but as the fortunate subjects of our highness's most noble fancy we could not refrain from well well what's all this from offering to our eagerly awaited sovereign a slight token of our future loyalty lady milly lady and milly come forward and with low court bows offer their bouquets my daughters respectfully present these few flowers to the illustrious princess i beg your pardon but who is doing the joking here you or frau von brook enters the princess taken unawares has retreated more and more helplessly toward the door at the left undecided whether to take flight or remain she greets the rival of frau von brook with a happy sigh of relief frau von brook severely pardon me ladies apparently you have not taken the proper steps toward being presented to her highness in matters of this sort one must first apply to me i may be addressed every morning from eleven to twelve and i shall be happy to consider your desires frau von Haldorf, with dignity i and my children madame were aware of the fact that we were acting contrary to the usual procedure but the impulse of loyal hearts is guided by no rule i shall be glad to avail myself of your very kind invitation all three go out with low curtsies to the princess what forwardness but how could you come down without me and what is that young man over there doing does he belong to those people the princess shakes her head struble without a word goes to get his hat which has been lying on a chair bows abruptly and is about to leave oh no that wouldn't be nice 
not that way what what why your highness let me be eugenie this young man and i have become far too good friends to part in such an unfriendly yes almost hostile fashion your highness i am very much the princess to struble you and i will certainly remember this hour with great pleasure and i thank you for it with all my heart if i only had a rose with me so as to give you your dear wish eugenie haven't we any roses with us your highness i am very much the princess examining herself and searching among the vases well how are we going to manage it i most humbly thank your highness for the kind intention no no, no wait her glance falls upon the hat which she is holding in her hand with a sudden thought i have it but don't think that i'm joking and we'll have to do without scissors she tears one of the roses from the hat i don't know whether there are just twenty holding out one of the roses to him well this rose has the merit of being just as real as the sentiment of which we were speaking before and just as unfading is this to be my punishment the princess smilingly shakes her head or does your highness mean by it that only the unreal never fades that's exactly what i mean because the unreal must always dwell in the imagination so that's it just as it is only the far-away princesses who are always near to us permit me to remark your highness that it is high time as you see those who are near must hurry away offering him the rose again well struble is about to take it but lets his hand fall with the far-away princess there pointing down it would have been in harmony but with the shakes his head then softly and with emotion no thanks i'd rather not he bows and goes out the princess smiling pensively throws away the artificial flower i'm going to ask my fiance to let me send him a rose your highness i am very much surprised well i told you that i wasn't sleepy curtain end of the faraway princess <laughs>